Welcome all you good movie buddies to the Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie, theater, popcorn, and other movie snacks like a delicious red candy apple, maybe a rosé, maybe it's vodka clock, I don't know. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy, and joining us today is a very special guest good movie buddy. First time on the podcast, my co-worker, my very close friend, my work wife, I guess one could say, uh, Miranda Chester. Miranda, how you doing today? Hello, I am doing great. We're recording this. So number one, I do, before I even get into our stuff, I want to, number one, thank you for partaking in this. I know it's past your bedtime. We just got out of seeing us. This is going up on a Wednesday after us has come out. But Thursday. you were a trooper. You came with me. We saw a seven o'clock showing. We got out at 930 and now we're here recording. So thank you. Number one, for taking the time out. But before we get into the movie, before we get to, into talking about us and Jordan Peele, my favorite question to ask new uh, guest good movie buddies is, and before I ask it, I want to remind you, there are, is no wrong answer here. There's a judgment-free zone. What is your favorite movie? That is a very hard question for me. It is. It's a hard I... question for a lot of people. Yeah, pinpointing one movie is extremely hard to do. I personally love horror movies. Oh, perfect. So if I had to pick my like favorite scary movie, I would do the Conjuring movies. All Ooh. of them, though. <laughs> Those are very good. We actually just did. Um, we actually just did what we call the Hindsight Awards is where we go back and we look at the movies that were nominated and one of the years we did is when the conjuring came out and that movie like the conjuring is a legit global phenomenon that kind of changed the way horror is is being consumed mm-hmm. so that's a good so we'll say the conjuring the conjuring okay yeah. i like it i like it <laughs> and again I mean, the big thing about you being on here and the big thing about having guest movie buddies is that there is no wrong answer to that question. There's been a couple people I've asked that to just in like day to day life who have a hard time answering. And I always ask them, what's the f- when I ask that question, what's the first movie that pops into your head? Right. Mm-hmm. And if it's The Conjuring, great. If it's Clueless, great. If it's Street Fighters starring Jean-Claude Van Damme, awesome. Like there's no wrong answers to that question. Now, you brought up horror movies. Mm-hmm. How convenient <laughs> that you're on here and we're talking about Jordan Peele's newest movie, his second movie, Us, called, I mean, it's Us. That's a really hard thing to Google because you can't just Google Us. You have to Google Us movie, Us 2019. Yeah. But before we even talk about Us, I want to talk more about horror films because horror films are really interesting. It's very hard to get the Canadian machine, David Melhorn, to go see horror movies. He's just not a big fan of them. So I think the only one that we actually saw together for the podcast was It, which is when we dressed as clowns and went to the all-clown screening, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. But why do you like horror movies so much? What is it about them that makes you list them as, like, your favorite type of movie? Um, I'm not really sure. I think the whole experience of a scary movie is fun. You know, Mm -hmm. being on the couch with the lights off and gets the heart racing. Yes. It's a good time. It's, it's exciting. (laughs) Is that, yeah. Well, and that's a, you know, horror is so interesting because there are people who don't like being scared at all. And there are people like you who get that rush out of it. 
Yeah, definitely most people I know do not like scary movies. <laughs> so Do you like roller let me ask you, do you like roller coasters? I do. Okay. Yes. So I typically find that people who like scary movies like roller coasters. It's not always the case. Interesting. But I find that it's the same shot of adrenaline. When you get somebody who jumps out, boo, ah, you know, loud music and whatever, it's the same rush that you get going down a you know a roller coaster drop or doing a loop-de-loop so that's why i ask that um (laughs) i think horror films now do you have a favorite type of horror film because they're all different types right yes so i'm definitely more of um like the possession okay (laughs) some movies okay i'm not super into slashers um but i do like the good old Freddy Krueger, Mike Myers, Jason movies. So you're not super into the blood and guts, but you're more into the, like, what is that thing in the corner? Is yes. it a ghost? Whatever. Yes. Interesting. See, now I flip. I am not the biggest supernatural guy. I don't, I don't know why. It's not that I hate them, you know? I just don't find ghosts or hauntings or possessions as fun or interesting to me as I do, like, mass serial killers or monster movies. You know, like if there's werewolves involved, I'm in. If there's like some crazy monster, like Stranger Things, where it's a combination of kind of everything, I'm in. Do you watch Stranger Things? I do. Okay. Yes. And you're and you're, Love in, it. you're into that. Love it. Awesome. Um <laughs> now let's talk about let's talk about Jordan Peele. Let's talk about your history with this film. You didn't know this movie even existed like a week ago. Correct. <laughs> Which is wild to me. Now, that's wild to me, and I forget that I live, breathe, eat, sleep movies. I forget that everyone I follow on the Popcorn Diet Twitter is movie-focused, right? So when I was asked you if you want to see us and do the podcast, and you say, what's us? I, what? What do you mean, what's us? So when you watch that trailer, what did you think? Beyond, like, I sent you the trailer, you looked it up, and obviously you texted me back and you're like, I'm in, thousand percent. Mm-hmm. But what did you think when you watched that? Like, what were you anticipating? I just liked everything about the trailer, but as far as when I saw the movie, it was completely different than what I had expected it. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Yeah. And we'll talk about that. We'll do, we'll do non-spoilers first, and then we'll take a little break, and then we'll do spoilers. Um, you saw Get Out. I did. Right? What did you think of Get Out? I really liked it. Did you find it to be like scary? No. Um, I think the idea of it is scary. Okay. Um, but I think it's just more creepy and dark sure. than anything. Sure. And I think, I mean, you feel free to disagree. I would say that Us is very similar. Very similar. Not scary per se, but way, cre- but creepy. Very creepy. Um, and weird. <laughs> And yeah. very weird. Now, when you watch Get Out, now we we talked a little bit about this before we started recording. But when you watch Get Out, did you pick up on like the subtext and the social commentary, or did you? And and again, again, there's no wrong answer to this. Did you watch it just as a this is a really creepy story about this really creepy instance, or did you pick up on like the commentary of? American racism and the different levels of American racism when you first saw it, not before, not when we talked about Mm -hmm. it, but when you first saw it, 
Um, no. When I was watching it, I was just watching it for it to be a good movie. Okay. Um, but once it was explained to me after other people's opinions of it, then I, I caught it on that. It clicked for yeah. you. <laughs> Did you find that that enhanced the viewing experience? Like, does that... When you when you watch a film, and, and, and again, this is the same as true of like we were talking about Jason Voorhees, right? Mm-hmm. And Jason Voorhees... I just like watching Friday the 13th movies because I like to see different ways where how he's going to kill people, right? Mm -hmm. There's a, like, especially there's always one douchebag character. There's always one skanky chick and it's like, ooh, they're going to die. I like that. But there is, one could argue that there's a deeper commentary to be had on the slasher genre as a whole, as in, you know, sex, drugs, alcohol. They commented on it in Scream, you know? It's the sin factor. You're being punished for it. But that doesn't change my, I still like, Friday the 13th, without that. When you got that deeper understanding of Get Out, did you find that that enhanced the movie for you? Did you find that it didn't change anything for you? Um, I definitely looked at it in a little different perspective. I think if I were to watch it again, um, I would probably analyze it a little differently. Sure, (laughs) sure. Get Out, this, both? Yeah, Okay. both, actually. Uh, Yeah, uh, well, both is... We'll we'll talk about this. And we'll, I, it's so hard not to get into spoilers right away, especially when it's you and I just sitting here talking about it, having just watched the film. Um, now, here's an interesting question. How into politics are you? Are you one of the lucky few who has found that that who does not see politics in everything? Yes. Nice. I definitely... Um, I'm not very into politics. Okay. So. Do you vote? I uh, put putting you on the spot. <laughs> wow. I know. Okay. There's no wrong answer. <laughs> um, I didn't vote this last time. Okay, cool. I mean, <laughs> listen, it wasn't exactly a big motivating, you know, election and all that. Um, and the reason I ask is because horror films. And I don't know if you know this, and I'm going to try not to fucking mansplain it to you or anything. But I like, to me, I like bringing you in deeper on this kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because you and I talk about movies all the time. We talk about horror movies all the time. We before we saw this movie, you rattled off like Pet Cemetery, It Two, Child's Play, and I'm like, yes, 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 (laughs) I want to see all those movies. But one of the interesting things about horror is that it's a lot like comedy. And you took a film class which was talking about comedy and and older movies and stuff like that. And with comedy, you see how comedy changes. Mm -hmm. You see how older commentary or commentary, older comedies are gross out or they're goofy or they're crude. Like you think about Dumb and Dumber, something about Mary and then things, Ace Ventura. And then they evolve. They evolve into... Not as crude. They they involve into smarter types of movies like the Judd Apatow movies, Seth Rogen, where it's more character based and situational. Horror is the same way. So that's one of the reasons why I asked you what your favorite horror film is, because you there's all different types. There's monster movies. There's zombie movies. There's and not just mo- movies, but horror in general. And they all horror more than any other genre is fueled by politics. Um, which is super fascinating to me that you are love horror, but you love it for what it is and the way that it makes you feel, not for the subtext. Yeah. I love that. Um, so like zombie movies, right? Zombie movies haven't existed forever. They really came uh, in the middle of last century. So um, when did the Night of the Living Dead come out? I'm going to screw this up, so I'm going to just look it up. But, but 
zombie movies are more often than not created from a so 1968 is when Night of the Living Dead came out. They're, they they are created and they tie into a social panic or a social subconscious feeling. It's like when you have dreams, right? And dream interpretations. Have you ever have you ever read up on dream interpretations before? I have not actually. Really? Okay. Yeah. I know I'm throwing a lot of layers <laughs> in here, but when you the dreams are interpreted as a sub uh, a t- tapping into your subconscious. So if you have dreams about falling, that's usually because on sub subconscious level you're worried about your status in life. Like I might fall, I might fail, whatever. Same thing. If you dream like you're in an elevator. You're not concerned about your status in life, but you are, on a subconscious way, recognizing your rise. Mm-hmm. Zombies and uh, kind of similar, you know, uh, you know, like-minded soldiers walking together, whatever. Those are typically tied into you feeling like you're trapped, stuck in place, like you're just um, part of a machine, right? Where there's no personality, you're just lumbering forward with no emotion. And that's how zombies came to be because it was all tied in to like. Politics and the rise of uh, conservatism and particularly like Reagan and stuff like that. So, again, there is such deep politics in what Jordan Peele is doing. Uh, And this is there's so many different layers to it. But let's not talk about politics anymore because we've already talked about it too much. And let's talk about the film itself and what we thought about it. Now, Us obviously is the next, I don't know, the next nightmare, as they say, a new nightmare from Jordan Peele, who was part of Key and Peele and has turned himself into straight up Alfred Hitchcock in two movies, which is really cool. But let's break down some of the parts about the film without getting into spoilers. First and foremost, performances, characters. Like, how did you, did you latch on to anybody? How did you like them? Were there any standouts to you? Um, I, so I don't know her name, but the, one of the characters was in uh, Handmaid's Tale. Yes. Elizabeth Moss. Yes. Elizabeth Moss. I, uh, because I had seen her in, you know, so many episodes cause I love that show. Sure. I thought her character was so different than what she typically plays. Right. So and she's kind of, she kind of plays this, gosh, I don't know. How do you, how do you describe um, like a bougie housewife, yeah, kinda. That would be perfect, <laughs> <laughs> bougie housewife. Yeah, yes. definitely different than what she does in Handmaid's Tale. Funny, as well. Um, so you liked Elizabeth Moss? I did. She wasn't a, a huge main character, but because I just know who she is, I, sure, I loved it. You latched onto that. I did. I thought the performances overall were really good. I mean. Mm-hmm. One of the things that makes truly effective horror is relatable performances. And I think that this movie, and you agree or disagree, I found that the performance in this movie helped you re- helped the audience relate to the characters. Yeah, for like you, sure. You cared about them in their repertoire. Mm-hmm. and whatnot. How'd you like the main family and how'd you like what they were all about? Um, I liked them a lot. I My favorite was the dad the husband Winston Duke yes he brought a lot of comedy to it which Mm -hmm. was it was nice I liked it it was pretty funny (laughs) did you like the balance of not to jump ahead but did you like the balance of comedy to creepiness I did did you find you didn't find it distracting or anything no I thought it was pretty entertaining and 
honestly kind of realistic. Like I think a okay, lot of like his how? reactions were, um, I think what most people's reactions <laughs> would be. <laughs> kind of, yeah, I, I would agree. Like there are mo- like there are just some times where there's there's several times in the movie where people are just like, oh shit. Yeah, you just have that moment, and they say it, and and I definitely relate to that. Uh, I love Winston Duke, although I, I, I want to ask you a question here, okay? I saw a lot of myself in the way in Winston Duke's character. Like, I leaned over to you and I'm like, if I was a dad, I would be like this. And then later on in the movie, Tim Heidecker, who plays Elizabeth Moss's husband, is like drunk and, and there's a scene where he's like, I don't want to move. And you said that reminded you of me. <laughs> yeah. How did that remind you of me? It was the way he was laying on that couch, not wanting to move. <laughs> wow. Because he was comfortable with a drink in hand. Wow. Wow. I don't, I couldn't, I just, man, that makes me reevaluate a lot of like what I'm about in general. Um, I do want to give a special shout out to Lupita in this movie. I thought she's fantastic. You know, the main character of, I don't even know how to pronounce Adelaide. Adelaide, I think it's Adelaide, Adelaide. Um, is, I mean, she's so good. She obviously everybody is playing dual characters, but her being the main character is really, really deep. Did you find anything about her performance um, particularly like, I mean, obviously it's creepy, right? Mm -hmm. And with and again, without actually tying into why did you find it all to be effective by the very end? Did it all connect for you? Yes. Okay. It 100% did. What was your favorite part of what she did? Towards the end. Like okay. the end scene. Okay. I think there was a lot of emotion in that scene. There was. And it was it was really good acting on her part. Definitely. So one of my favorite parts about horror movies is the way they stage horror, like the, the sequences, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like action movies where there's stuff in between, like when they're sitting around on the couch trying to discuss what they're doing. And then there's also like the sequences. So as it's seen in the trailers, the entire sequence of them meeting their doppelgangers, I thought I found to be extremely effective, even though it's in the trailer. Was there any and again, without getting too descriptive, what would you say was kind of like your favorite directed sequence, so to speak? Because there's a lot of them in the film and we'll speak in generalities and then we'll talk more specifics and spoilers. But like if you had to pick out like a couple of your favorite creepy moments or scenes or whatever, what do you think you would pick? I think when they f- like first saw the the family, the doppelganger family mm-hmm. outside, um, I think that was very creepy. The, <laughs> the, <laughs> there was um, some creepy movements that I think made it uh, very uh, interesting. For sure. Um I love the way Jordan Peele directs these movies. He just has an eye for horror and really staging things, whether they're in the background. One of my favorite gimmicks of horror movies, and it happens a lot in ghost movies, is when somebody is in focus and then out of focus, you see some shit move behind them. And suddenly you're like, no, 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 there it is. I, I love that kind of stuff. Now, let me ask you a question and then we'll 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 get into spoilers in a little bit. But. I don't find horror movies that scary. You know, um, I think the only movie last year. Did you ever see Hereditary? I did. 
did you find that like did that like like wound you down to the soul no so no. you can you handle hereditary no problem yeah i think i think it was kind of slow oh for, interesting for most of the movie interesting um until the end right but then the end i feel like it went from zero to a hundred so fast uh, yeah, I and mean, there's burning people, there's people floating around and shit. Yeah, I think it went from being super slow to all of a sudden all this chaos. And this keeps a pretty steady... It does. Uh, you know, you introduce the characters and you get to know them, and then once shit starts going bad, uh, it stays bad pretty much the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Did you find that, Did you find anything particularly scary? Do you even find horror movies scary, or is it just the rush? No, I... I I, there's some movies out there that give me a good scare, but okay. um, it's really hard for me to be impressed with a scary movie. Ooh. So I judge you've, them pretty you've, hard. You've seen them all, huh? Well, I think a lot of scary movies can be really cheesy. Sure. Um, and so I think for a movie to be a good scary movie, it takes a lot. Absolutely. The difference between something like what we just talked about, which is good direction, good mm-hmm. staging... Or just like a fucking cat jumping out and the music going really loud suddenly. That's called, I don't, do you know what that's called in the film industry or in the nerd industry? No, what is that? It's called a jump scare. That's when something isn't actually happening. It's just, blah, scare you, jump out, yell real loud, get real loud and yell at you to make you jump, right? Mm-hmm. So this movie, does. Eh, it's got a couple of jump scares. Did you find us to be scary did you do you now we already said that you don't i mean you're not scared easily but do you do, did you obviously did you find us scary no um it's not scary i think if something like that were to ever happen <laughs> i think that would be scary sure. but the movie itself no i just thought it was really creepy it was weird but not scary well and i i actually like the way that you put that which is sometimes you'll watch movies where being an outside observer, you don't get the fear like in you, like the fear in your bones. Mm-hmm. But as an outside observer, you can recognize this is a scary thing. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So which begs me to ask the question again, as an outside observer, could you see people being scared watching this movie or getting scared? Yeah, I could probably being like. Oh, crap. What's going to happen? I can't deal with it. I can't handle <laughs> yeah. it. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like um, the 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 ticking moments, you know, when you're just waiting and sure. the music is elevating. Oh, yeah. the music's really good in this movie, it too. Really is. They do a remix. We'll talk about it in spoilers a little bit more, but they do a remix of I've Got Five on it uh, near the end. That song that plays in the trailers, which I haven't been able to stop listening to. I, I wasn't raised on the Sacramento hip-hop scene, of the NorCal hip-hop scene, so I'm a little late to the party. I apologize. But they do really good work with that theme. Now, I find that there are two different types of horror films. Scary ones, where it's, boo, ah, I'm trying to scare you, I'm trying to get you to jump, and then creepy, where you just get that, like, uns- like oh, this isn't good, this isn't good, this isn't good. Would you say that Us is more scary or creepy? Creepy. Yeah. Creepy for sure. Any particular reason why? Um, just like all the movements that the characters did. Mm-hmm. That was very, very creepy. Like particularly the the doppelgangers. Yes, sure. the doppelgangers definitely. Um, I think the whole movie was uh, dark, like just dark and 
honestly a little evil. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I mean, most of it's set over one night, too, so it's literally yeah. dark. Yep. The whole <laughs> movie is dark. So what did you... Is Was there anything... Now, obviously, we talked about things that you like um, that were pertaining to, like, performances and whatnot. Is there anything not specific that you liked? Any particular sequence? Any particular bit? Joke? Whatever? And then on the flip side, is there anything that you disliked? Nothing that stands out as far as um, disliking anything. Okay. Um... Like, I don't have a lot of complaints for this movie. Good. Um, I think it was really well done. So I don't have any answer for the <laughs> for the dislikes. That's okay. That's that's what we call a good movie. Yep. Right? Yep. So that actually leads us perfectly into our popcorn ratings. Now, Miranda, you're familiar with the popcorn ratings, but for those of you who have never listened to an episode before... We have a little bit of a different rating system that we do here at the Popcorn Diet. We have five different popcorn ratings, and sometimes I refer to them as one popcorn, two popcorn, three popcorn, but in reality, they all represent a specific thing. So we start with burnt popcorn, which means this movie is garbage, don't waste your time, It's there's no, even if it's free, watch something else. Then there's stale popcorn, which... You know, might be good if it's on Netflix or if you want to red box it, but don't like invest a lot of time in it. If you play on your phone while you're watching it, it's not a big deal. But stale popcorn, it is what it is. And then we have mi- microwave popcorn, which is kind of your mileage might vary. A good bag of microwave popcorn can be pretty good, but microwave popcorn also isn't as good as it can have, you know, really, really get. So it's a perfectly fine movie. If you want to go see it in theaters, great. If you want to go watch, you know, wait to watch it, that's fine as well. Real middle of the road. Our next one is movie theater popcorn, meaning you should go watch this movie in the theater. You should invest time, take the opportunity, go see it in the theater. It's not perfect, but it's good enough to where you should see it on the big screen. And then our last one is perfect popcorn, which is go see this movie as soon as possible. And we always give our popcorn ratings with the kind of caveat that we understand that the things that we like on this podcast might not be for everybody. All we're doing is offering opinions and criticism from our perspective, right? We're not here to tell anybody they're wrong or they're right. So Miranda, knowing those popcorn ratings, what would you give Jordan Peele's Us? Um, I would give it theater popcorn. Okay. Okay. Yes. Not quite. Now, let me ask you why. Because if you have no dislikes, why wouldn't you pick perfect popcorn? Um, Because it's just, it wasn't my ideal scary movie. Okay. okay. So honestly, it's just personal preference. Sure. That's um, perfectly fine. It was a really good movie. I really enjoyed it. But it, it also just wasn't my, like, it wasn't a scary movie for sure. me. And scary is my favorite. Sure, sure, absolutely. So for me, I'm going to give it perfect popcorn because I, I mean, just from everything that's been put together, the way it was directed, the way that it's acted, it's a very funny movie while also being very creepy. And that is a perfect mix. That's like peanut butter and jelly because you get the tension and then you get the, the, the kind of, cathartic oh we, we could say something funny we can laugh we can relax and then they ratchet up the tension again which is exactly like a roller coaster you know those slow points in a roller coaster where you get to take a breath and then boom you're doing triple loop-de-loops uh, the performances are phenomenal jordan peele directs the hell out of this movie he stages his sequences really well the music is really good and 
we'll talk about it more in spoilers, but the way that they kind of put everything together at the end reminds me a lot of some other famous horror movies that may have come out you know, in 1999 that were big phenomenons. I'm not going to name any without spoilers, but if you pull it up on Google, you can check it out. So I'm going to give it perfect popcorn. Um, And we are going to get into spoilers, but not before we take a little ad break. What's up, good movie buddies? Before we get into spoilers, I want to remind everyone that you can get regular episodes of The Popcorn Diet delivered to you on your smart device for free. Free. F-R-E-E, absolutely free, just by hitting that subscribe button. If you're listening to us on Spotify, give us a follow. Whatever you're listening us to us on, we'd really appreciate if you just take a few seconds, just take a couple of seconds to give us a rating, give us a review, share the Popcorn Diet with any of your other good movie buddies. We also want to remind you that you can check us out on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash the Popcorn Diet. And consider becoming a patron of the podcast. By becoming a patron of the podcast, you're going to give us money to create more content for you. And not only is that going to help us create more content and improve the podcast, but it's also going to give you access to exclusive patron-only stuff like our Franchise Refills episodes, like early access to ad-free episodes and things like that. So check us out, patreon.com slash Diet. Of course, we don't want you to forget that you can also follow us completely free on our social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at The Popcorn Diet. And then last but certainly not least, you can find all of our latest regular episodes, articles, reviews, and everything else on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. But Miranda, let's talk about spoilers a little bit, right? Now, we're we're not going to get too far into this. I do want to ask you, are you familiar at all with the hands across America and what that was. Cause I wasn't, um, not really, but funny because wasn't there a trailer before we watched the movie for, for something that was like, they were coming together and doing the hands across America. Well, that was the, that was during, so the movie opens with a television screen that plays the trailer. So is that the trailer you're talking about? (laughs) Oh my gosh! Yes. Okay. <laughs> Ignore that. So no, that's okay. That's but you. That's an excellent point. Is they open up the movie with an old television screen. It's like set in the eighties, eighty six. It's the year I was born, and they show a commercial for Hands Across America, which was a charity event that happened back in nineteen eighty six, and it was the idea of it was to bring sort of uh, what's the word. A recognition, attention to those who are less fortunate, less in need, hunger, impoverished people and whatnot. And it kind of wound up being a bunch of bullshit. Um, all of the money that they raised, only half of it ended up going to hunger because another half of it went to, uh, you know, costs to do it. But this movie alludes to Hands Across America quite a few times because ultimately what happens is all of the untethered, all of the people who are wearing the red jumpsuits, they wind up holding their hands and kind of, you know, replicating that, right? And we find out that, I mean, we'll just, let's just get into the twist. We find out that at the beginning, at the beginning of the film, we see uh, Lupita's character, but she's a child. So we see uh, Adelaide, Adelaide, I'm keep pronouncing Adelaide. Adelaide. Yeah. Adelaide. Yeah, okay. We see Adelaide. She goes into this house of mirrors. She's like 12 or 13 or whatever. And she finds her 
doppelganger, right? And the movie never really tells us what happens until the very end when we're shown Sixth Sense style, which is what I was talking about earlier, that Adelaide was actually knocked out by her doppelganger, dragged underground, and left with the community of doppelgangers, where then her copy called Red took her place. So the entire movie, the character that we thought was Adelaide is actually Red, who has lived her entire adult life up above the surface. Now, you leaned over to me during the middle of the movie and you're like, I'm confused. What's going on? And then they showed that. Did that put it all into perspective for you? Yeah. Well, I got confused because she started making the weird sounds that the doppelgangers would make she did it a couple times right like she did it earlier in the film too like when she got out of the car i think she made or no what was it uh oh it was when she killed the the daughter the twin daughter one of the twins yeah but it was definitely way more emphasized in that last scene and and it kept going and i was just like what's happening what the hell because they're fighting right the two lupitas are fighting yeah one of them the one that we think is the doppelganger seems a lot more coordinated. Mm-hmm. I and was then, wondering that, actually. And the Lupita that we know is kind of doesn't really have her shit together, right? Mm-hmm. Which is sort of showing that, hey, what's happening here? Then she stabs her and starts making that, you know, shit. And you were like, what's going on? Yeah. But then when that happened, did that, did that, did you need... Like, when we talked about it, did you get it at first when it popped? Was it clear enough to you? It was shortly after that I okay. I understood what was happening, especially once the son also recognized it. Right, was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Which I thought was a really good touch, too. It now, was. let me ask you a question. Does it matter? That it was changed? Yeah, does it, does it matter that, that Lupita <laughs> wound up being the doppelganger? Because... I mean, obviously it matters a certain extent, but to her family, that's mom. And it's always been mom. It's not like mom got switched out suddenly. Yeah. Right? So to the family, do you think it matters? Like, obviously the son was like, oh, shit. Um, I think, uh, I, I don't know. I think if they were to find out, like everybody, because it wasn't really announced to the family. It right. was like kept hush. Yeah. Um, but I think if they were to found out, they would be more angry than anything. Like think about like, let me put this. Like what if you found out that your mom, who is still your mom, but when she was 12, got replaced by a zombie. And now zombie mom has been raising you. Like zombie mom is still zombie mom. Like she's yeah. still your mom. Yeah. I think it would. I think it would definitely raise a lot of questions. But right. I think at the end of the day. She's still your mom. That was that was what I was wondering. And I think that ties into the like the political subtext of we are our own worst enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Peele actually talks about this. There's a quote. I'll find it really quickly. There's a quote that he talks about in the general themes of this film. Right now, I'll, I'll read the quote, but it's it's this ultimately it's that this movie is about the country. And he was really focusing on the fact that we are in a time where we fear each other as Americans. We fear each other as human. And we're getting into politics, obviously. But we fear each other as, hum- as, as humans. We fear each other as Americans. Whether it's the mysterious invader from outside of our borders coming to kill us. Or whether it's, you know, the faction that we don't live near. 
You know, whether it's middle America looking at the coasts or the coasts looking at middle America and saying, you didn't vote the way we voted. We hate you. We don't trust you. Right. The enemy is ourselves. You know, we're all together who we are. Mm -hmm. And I found that to be really interesting to suggest that. Yes, we might be, you know, this this person who we've grown and loved might be a monster. You know, this person who we've grown and loved might vote for a candidate that we we find to be terrible or might hold deeper beliefs that we find to be terrible and that's why i asked you if it matters because could they not still love mom as mom because as far as those kids know that's mom yeah right interesting that's a very interesting thought so what were your favorite weird parts like we didn't you were kind of kind of you know tethered you if if i can say <laughs> to non-spoilers but because we're in spoilers like what were some of your favorite weird parts creepy parts like favorite sequences because there's a lot there's the initial house there's the boat all the stuff with the boat which i thought was really good the car chasing the whole neighbor's sequence what would you, what, what would you say are a couple of your favorite parts spoiler free just as we're talking about the movie well, my favorite, well, I, my favorite creepy parts were definitely uh, the doppelganger kids. Every scene yeah. they were in was was so weird. So tell us about them. <laughs> like what? Like describe them. What? 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 What about them were so weird? Um. So the doppelganger teenage girl. Mm-hmm. She the way she runs and when she was chasing after um, the regular teenage girl that uh she moved so fast i love the way they use the lights and the car and all yep. that and then the, the neighbor comes out and she gets <laughs> distracted and kills the neighbor yep. i was like oh my god girl you better run oh, shit. that's your chance right <laughs> and uh so that was that was i really liked that part and the son or the, the son. younger brother or whatever yep when uh they were in the closet with mm-hmm. the other regular teenager boy and uh he took off the mask and it was half burned mm-hmm. and yeah, the magic tricks. So the, the kids to me were, were the creepy were part. the creepiest ones. Yeah. I agree. The sun is, was number one, the mask, the, the, we've talked about, as I stumble through my words here, we talked about Michael Myers. We talked about Jason. And one of the things that makes them so effective is the iconography behind their masks mm-hmm. and their outfits. And I think that, that, the stuff in this movie is iconic. The red jumpsuits, the glove, the golden scissors, like the boy's white mask. Like that's stuff you remember, mm-hmm. right? That's stuff that you can dress up like Halloween for and people will be like, that's from us. Yeah. Right? I like that. I like that the boy was sort of like an animal, kind of like a dog almost. Mm-hmm. And um, I like that the girl was just this the creepy smile, the wide eyes, the different hair. Yeah. Um, I really, really liked as well. I also liked how they still had personality traits that were tied to the their originals, right? Mm-hmm. Like the boys um, mimicked one another, yeah. right? Or the girl was still a runner. And then with the neighbors, you have uh, – what's his fucking name? Um, Josh, uh, who is kind of a – Kind of a douchebag prankster, jokester kind of guy. And his doppelganger is that, but like even darker. Because like when Elizabeth Moss's character is dying, he offers to reach down and then does the hand through the hair thing. Which is so morbidly funny. But you can tell like this guy is a doppelganger. He clearly is like 
it's clearly creepy, but he has a hint of that same thing. And the same is true with Elizabeth Moss's character, where she's this bougie housewife who had plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. And her doppelganger is all about putting on makeup and cutting her face because that's what that's what she did. She cut her face to look better. Yeah. I love that kind of stuff. Um, was there anything that you didn't get? Anything that clicked, didn't click even afterwards? Is there anything that you had a hard time processing or have questions about? No. Really? No. Um, I I think it a lot of it, because I did have questions about the mom being a little weird and strange. Sure. So that got answered, though, at the very end. Sure. And um, I do, and again, I do, like, I think that twist is so interesting because... It's number one, it is straight out of the sixth sense. It's what it puts everything else into perspective, right? Mm-hmm. She starts the movie like, oh, she's been quiet, like she's quiet. She doesn't like talking that much and she doesn't want to go to the beach. She doesn't want to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's not because of a traumatic event that scared her as a kid. It's because this is where she escaped, right? Mm-hmm. This is where she did a bad thing yep. and wants to cover it up. Or when there are a couple moments in the film where she is looking at the doppelganger kids and as the main character, as the main mom, good mom, we should just say like good mom, bad mom. But as good mom, she's looking at bad kids who are dying or being hurt and she's like being motherly, you know, Mm -hmm. it's okay, you know, whatever. And when I was first watching it, I was like, oh, she's being motherly. Like this person looks like her kid. Like how could you like like me? Like, you love me, right? If you saw me, like, bent, a, you know, around a tree, but you knew it was zombie me, wouldn't you just be a little bit like, oh, Rick, but also fuck you, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's kind of the same concept here. But then we get the twist, mm-hmm. and it's, oh, she's actually was sympathetic because she is tethered and they are tethered. They are bad. They are all bad. Yeah. I love that shit. I was super into it. And so now, like, It'd be interesting to go back and watch it with that understanding and pick up on all of that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Because Um, even the doppelganger mom, she didn't like every other person's doppelganger killed them so fast. Right. But she didn't like she handcuffed the good mom and chit chatted with her. That's a great point. And I was always like I was thinking to myself. Why is she leading it on? Why not just kill her right away? She had so many opportunities, but it all makes sense. So. Yeah, it was all revenge. Yeah. Which it's a great point. It also brings up the fact that she was the only one who could talk. Mm-hmm. None of the other. Did you find the screams to be creepy, goofy? Um, both? Both. I think there was a couple times that, that they would scream. That would be like, that was a little funny. <laughs> but, well, Winston Duke screaming was funny because he was just like, Arr! Yes. But some of the other guys sounded like, oh, I don't like that. Like, like yeah. I'm out. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, and But she's the, the, gosh, it's so hard to talk about good, bad, and whatnot. But the Lupita that we think is bad is the only tethered person who can talk. Mm-hmm. And she talks really weird. She talks, she's very husky. Mm-hmm. Which is another reason I liked her performance. Like, that's some, that's some good shit there. Right. But we find out it's because she's not tethered. She's human. And she had her throat like she got punched in the freaking trachea. So no wonder she sounds the way she sounds because evil her, you know, karate chopped her in the throat. 
<laughs> I yeah. love that shit so much. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. I don't know anything. Anything else you want to throw in about it? No, I mean, I think, I think that's pretty much it. The yeah, the twist was great. Do you want to watch it again? I and do. watch it under a different perspective. I really do. Yeah. Nice. I, I do. would. I would like to check this out again. I would definitely watch it again and see the things that you can pick up. It's like the sixth sense where you realize, oh, that scene where Bruce Willis is sitting with the mom, he's not talking with the mom. Yep. And there are scenes where, oh, you realize that Lupita is looks scared, but she she's not scared because she's scared. She's scared because something's going bad. Yeah. I dig that. And then, you know, they're deep. You know, we didn't really get into the politics of it all and and whatnot. But, you know, there's the idea of, you know, class warfare where these untethered were living underground and they are forced to live these shitty lives while the people above them are living great lives. Right. So mm-hmm. it kind of causes you to think about the people you know, under you or, or it can, you know, it's I, I, to me like that was one of the things that I saw out of it, which is, you know, the people who make our clothes, who mow our lawns, the people who are not in higher you know, positions of power and how do we treat them? Yeah. Right. And what happens if they like rise up? Yeah. Um, it's super interesting. There are so many layers to this and so many different interpretations. So yeah. I'm really excited to see what Jordan Peele has uh, has in his future. Yeah. But maybe we'll go see it again and we'll 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 check it out. Yes, let's do it. Well, thank you for being a part of this, having a conversation about it. Did you learn anything? Yeah. Yeah. I did. Well, we didn't we didn't actually really discuss what we felt about the movie until just now. Yeah, so. well, I I mean, it's hard when you're doing spoilers and non-spoilers and things like that, but but yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, thank I'm you. I'm glad for I enjoyed it too. Me. Uh, before we, oh you know what I forgot to ask and and this is a surprise for you oh great a- any anything you got going on anything you want to promote any twitters instagrams <laughs> anything like that you want to throw out there uh nope I don't think I have anything okay that's all right but thank you of course um <laughs> that will do it I will take the opportunity to promote our stuff remember everybody that uh, you can get free episodes of the popcorn diet delivered to you for free just by hitting that subscribe button taking literally a second boom hit subscribe it's already done we really appreciate you taking the time to do that or give us a rating give us a review share the popcorn diet with your friends and family don't forget you can also check us out on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash the popcorn diet. Consider giving us a few bucks, helping us improve the podcast and generate more content for you exclusively as a patron. Don't forget that you can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram at the popcorn diet. And last but certainly not least, you can find all of our latest regular episodes, all of our articles, all of our reviews, all of the different ways you can listen to us on our website popcorndietpodcast.com but for the wonderful Miranda Chester good job by the way on your on your very first podcast <laughs> thank you you're I welcome you I that. am your very best good movie buddy Rick Williamson and we'll see you next time with another good movie on the popcorn diet adios